変身
What would your slutty trade name be? <laughs> Sir Top Em Off. Oh, oh, nice. What do you got, Steph? Do you got one? I don't think I'm clever enough for this game. I'd be um the third pole. That'd be my name. <laughs> I mean wagon's a pretty good name, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Come boost. <laughs> Just go even further. <laughs> that sounds like a really great like weird like tapas bar or something like oh let's go to Kumboose. really great they have like blow torches it's you, great you better copyright that or you're gonna see it on the corner of your neighborhood here in about three months come to Kumboose. you want to get Kumbuji. <laughs> anyway tokusatsu it's all about that live action the practical effects uh-huh. something we did a couple episodes ago was uh we made our own uh Kamen Rider deno style of common riders and we had done the first two parts, but we had one third part that um, you had not yet gotten to complete stuff. And that was um, to make kind of your like fourth partner and like your fourth kind of form if you'd be like a like common writer like uh, in the series. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I wanted just to let people know um, the uh, three partners that you made so far, the three personalities. Uh, the first one was Daria. Um the second one was based off of like a manic e-girl. The third one was a prim and proper Marie Antoinette. And our fourth one is going to be a retired mall cop who just can't stop hanging around the mall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Paul Schneider, common rider. Yeah. So, I mean, you already know what the vehicle is going to be and everything. That would be really like you go in the, the, the top of the train. There's like way. <laughs> In the deadliner, instead of a bike, he's just on the one of those fucking uh, what are they called? They're not moped. What are they called? The Segway. Yeah, the Segway. That's what it is. And just taking himself way too seriously the entire time. Okay, so I can imagine that form like a like cop mall cop kind of like blue or like gray. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. With like uh, almost a black tie shape running down the chest. And that's like naturally like the natural enemy of an e-girl is a mall cop. Yeah, that's why they would have those hilarious kind of uh, like interplay fights like uh, Rios Imogens have on the train all the time. Okay, Uh, this is good. But I have an important question that you might not have seen coming stuff. That is, what's your climax form look like with these four? Oh, man, that's tough. Okay, I think with... The mall cop, it's got to be something where somehow the Segway integrates into, like, a weapon. Okay. Um, Prim and proper Marie Antoinette probably has, like, a, one of those fans that you fan yourself with, but it turns into a deadly weapon that she can throw. Um, E-girl, I want to think something with, like, video games or hacking or something like that. Or maybe she has like the uh, Ryu thing where she can get a crowd together to come after you, like her her followers from her e chat room. She can dox you, is what you mean. Oh yeah, there you go. Even better. N- know how um for like for Deno, like he has that form where like he has like all four of them possess him at once, though. Uh huh. W- what does that look like for you? Well, definitely the ultimate form is on a Segway, um, and it's probably the. Daria is the one that's probably mouthing off the whole time, like doing the um the Toku equivalent of uh like one of those fierce word spells. And um E Girl is probably like throwing some kind of missiles out of the arms 
and prim and proper Marie Antoinette is tossing out those uh, deadly fans. So your climax form, you're possessed by three people and one person turns into a segue. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Could our three common riders, everybody, could they handle Kai? (laughs) We want merchandising rights. If anybody takes these ideas. I mean, a small child could handle Kai. He's not exactly like Sunny. That's true. The worst he can do is look at you in a really creepy way. I bet my face looks like I'm getting a foot job in Applebee's. <laughs> Which is funny, because that's pretty much what his expression always looks like. That was for the podcast. My bad, everybody. Um, <laughs> somebody brought up um, getting foot jobs in Applebee's. Not sure who. Okay, sorry. Who could it have been? Yeah. Who could have done this? <laughs> Wearing a hot dog outfit, just saying, who could have done this? <laughs> uh, but no uh there's a lot to talk about today because we have the end of combat deno but like i wanted to talk about um what's next really quickly um and as of course um we are done today with the deno series and um the next time um we're getting back together to to do garbage pail kids the movie (laughs) (laughs) which will be fun but then there's a New Horizons for uh, the book club. And that is, of course, uh, what should we look at next? And um, this is a fun, rotating, like, chair thing, too, where, um, like, it's not just going to be me and Steph. Like, of course, like, if, if like David wants to, like, do more, or, like, do like, another series, uh, I'd love to have him. But also, like, it's like, oh, is, like, our next thing going to be, like, completely different and that kind of thing. And, like, it's... Um, I wanted some thoughts, though, uh, mm-hmm. on um, what people think would be fun to look at next and have a couple options um, okay. in my mind. We could do another eight, nine episodes on further Deno media. Of is which there that much of it? Yes, wow. There's like two more movies. Insane. Uh, so there are two movies with this cast. There's a kind of a reset because the second of those two movies is like, Farewell, Comrade Deno. And then they start the Cho Deno series, which is like roughly means like Super Deno. Um, Cho Deno means like really Deno. Yeah, really Deno. <laughs> uh, but that's so, so first Deno crossover with next year's show and then does its own movie towards the end of next year, which is Kiva. So there's a Kiva crossover, then a finale for like the like cast. Then they kind of reset the cast a little bit and cross over with the next series, Comrade Decade. And then they do a crossover movie with that series. So they're in two episodes of that series and then a crossover movie of that series. Wow. So Deno just wouldn't go away for a while, huh? Nope. Then the next year they have three movies, but they're like three short, like 30 minute movies. Oh, wow. Then the year after that, they cross over with that Comrade Rider. and do a movie. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> yeah. A, then there's a skip of a couple of years where they show up in like the big like crossover, like, oh, it's Comrade vs. Super Set Diet. Like, here's the Taros being like weird in the background, but they aren't featured prominently again until um Comrade Drive, I think is the 2015-2016 series. And um they are prominent in that, including <laughs> 
they're also prominent in a sequel to Kamen Rider Fives. That is a sequel to the crossover movie for Kamen Rider Driver they're in. <laughs> then they're prominent again in the big end of the generation movie that happens in 2018. Um, then there's then they're also in the TV show of that movie. These series and then they're also um have um a magical girl theme movie that comes out in 2021 and a crossover with the 2022 super sentai that's also based off of the myth of momotros so there's a lot going on there yeah i feel like i need one of those uh conspiracy boards to keep track of all that <laughs> i need a spreadsheet to track everything <laughs> and like that's like not counting all the times it's like oh like here's Deno Rodford like flirting with this like female like comic writer in the background of the scene like in like a big crossover movie so there's a lot of shit there. <laughs> there's also other comic writer shows of course. Um, the two we've had in our finals the past couple times has been comic writer Fies and comic writer Blade. So 2003 2004. Uh, those are interesting shows. Um, very much deeper in the drama part of being a comic writer show. Fies is the very much like that cyber loneliness like. What's it like to be in the city in the 2000s? Sad. How do I use cell phone? <laughs> uh, you don't even know, dude. Uh, Carbider Blade is a bit more. How do I use friendship and how do I use sacrifice? You know, uh, themes of the 2000s. Makes sense. Uh, and then, of course, there is something else. There is a. Uh, looking at something like Garo, looking at like a Super Sentai series from like some period, like the 90s or something. Even like we wanted to just say super on theme, be like, here's the train Sentai with Wagon and all those folks. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to suggest Garo because it's something I've always wanted to watch and just have never done it. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be interesting to talk about as a group. But then again, like, I don't know much about Garo. So, like, I don't know if it's actually a good watch or not. Garo, I know, is very uh, splintered into different continuities, I think, too. So, yeah, yeah. We probably need, like, a flowchart of, like, oh, here's the start of this continuity. But I'd, like, probably want to start in, like, 2005, 2006. Like, what were they doing at the start, personally? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, if we're going to look at Garo, start at a one start like there's nothing before there's nothing after this is what they made first right i think like four timelines yeah that would make sense like what's garo originally that would be fun because that's also like this weird uh dark fantasy show it's got like chinese magic yeah it's got like adult content in it like boobs and blood and stuff (laughs) yeah it's like it's like a legitimate like actual like drama series but also there's like dudes in suits i kind of feel like garo would be fun just to be like what's the other part of this like what's it like a to like start a new franchise with like there's three franchises and like suddenly become a big deal like what was like what kind of like resonated people like what's it like making an adult show in this like genre right yeah because like ostensibly common writer is like a series for children so yeah, it's supposed to be right. Like that's who it's marketed to. Garo is is like the complete opposite end of that spectrum. Like this is not for children at all. Yeah, Comrade is like the thing I always say is it's like it's like how people get like weird at the Mandalorian for not being bloody or like well you know it is still like 
aimed at all ages or children. Like, right. it's just a major franchise, and you care about it, and think it's cool. That doesn't mean it has to be for adults. It's not like Al Pacino is going to show up at Kamen Rider and do coke. Like, <laughs> right? Unfortunately, I think we watched an episode of like Garo stuff, and I was like showing you all the different stuff too. I, for some reason, the way you guys are describing it, it sounds familiar. So I know we must have at least talked about it once or twice. A golden night. There's like a girl who's alone in the city. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because I remember thinking it sounded like a book I'd read forever ago, but whatever. No, like, let's do Garo. That sounds freaking cool, honestly. Yeah, I'm down for it. You said boobs and blood, so I'm on board. And like, uh, one thing I've noticed that whenever there's a Toku series that's like, not one of the big three, like Ultraman, Comrade, Super Sentai. It does this thing where it's like, it's like, actually, this is about a like young woman in the city and how she feels isolated and alone. And then like, by the end, it's just about like the heroes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, is that like um, porn that pretends to have a storyline? Ah, these lemony lemons. <laughs> uh that's a classic there, but so for next time, how about I figure out where the heck we start with like Garo and what series it is and all that. Sounds good. Cool. And come up with a roadmap. Yeah. Uh, that's also a, it's a, a shorter initial series, but also like, I think it has like multiple sequels. So who knows what's even going on there? What we're feeling like. Yeah, it's weird. I, I think there's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I also believe there is some time travel hijinks at some point or like they go back and like rewrite a series from the beginning or oh, something like it's that sounds familiar is gar one blu-ray in the u.s no oh has a great has a jam project theme song which oh is hell yeah good. jam project's great because like oh, okay so like to everyone who does not know jam project there's a bunch of people a lot of like <laughs> wizened elder vocalists just Screaming at the top of their lungs about like how cool it is to be in a graveyard and make out and all this stuff and how swords are awesome. Nice. It's great. But no. Uh okay. Next up after Deno is Garo. Uh a very similar series, very similar themes. But uh let's talk about why we're here today. <laughs> Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today. To talk about this train wreck. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad I'm glad that I'm not the only one who thinks that based off that comment. <laughs> I have a little different feelings, but also like I watched this show when it came out and then watched 15 years of like it existing as this like cultural touchstone and like the fandom. So mm-hmm. it's different. But yeah, it's definitely a train wreck a little bit at the end of the show. Uh, but not a train wreck. A well hewn logical piece of media is Comrade Deno singing, dancing, great training, hyper battle video. Oh, we're going to talk about this first. Oh, my God. You want to talk about this after? No, 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 no. Let, yeah, let's let's get through this. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. That would be a completely Canonically, this has already happened in the timeline. It happens between episode 44 and 45, I believe, if I remember correctly. We talked about this, but something that Comrade does is like to like, be like, oh, and here's this like ad for like... Uh, fish like sausages that takes place with episode 12 and 15 we're not sure when and i don't know sure that's just common rider <laughs> just part of the charm but um so televicon is like a magazine for like toys and like products and the shows that comes out and every year they have a dvd special 
mm-hmm. and that's where the, Hi- the hyper battle dvd comes from a special with all your favorite <laughs> for getting the special issue uh and yeah um what do you think about this david i you mean anything <laughs> it's no more wackier than any of the other shit that goes on in the tv show like yeah, it's kind of weird that there's just like, yo, let's go work out by doing dance. Like, that's kind of weird. But then you have to remember, like, I guess canonically in the timeline, two episodes later, you have some funny slapstick, goofy bullshit where, like, people are falling down a hill and, like, dropping vegetables while chasing purse thieves up a hill in this, like, Three Stooges ass fucking opening to an episode. So it's like, is this really so far out of this show's wheelhouse? Not really. Mm hmm. Well, Ryoto needs to get stronger. Of course. <laughs> I mean, that's been a that's been a plot point this entire show. Yeah, for sure. His friends are gonna die. So he has to squat and do large bicep pose and mm-hmm. catch fish or whatever. He like. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, <laughs> um, like train for friendship and fish or whatever he said. Yeah, reel it in. Yeah, reel it in. Um, like what are those like? Um, oh, like sprinkler. Sprinkler. <laughs> yeah, the shopping cart. The shopping cart. Yeah. Uh, we get the reappearance of Sieg for the first time since the movie here, too, which is fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In case your mind wasn't blown enough, he just pops up. What do you think of this stuff? I. <laughs> it was very silly, but I will say that one thing between the opening that David was describing and this video, I realized that something that this cast is really great at is physical comedy like they are amazing at like hitting timing and making it look like they really are tripping all over each other and it just happens in such a funny way that i can't help but giggle even when i'm like okay how dumb is this even more than most of these series they are like hanging out a lot with like people that are like i'm sure each of the suit actors for like the like tar is like a 20-year veteran or or like something so they probably are picking up a lot too right but yeah uh kind of a nothing burger of it but it's has a big moment where real throws flies and that's kind of funny because i just watched a new matrix movie that's part of it too and i was like ah they're just fly (laughs) but no um i think these are neat because they just are a weird thing every year at this point it's like oh cool they're doing paper craft and they're fighting something and oh they're doing a weird like rap battle Mm -hmm. nothing really to chew on there yeah, it not it, particularly. It's weird, but yeah, it's weird, but it still wasn't as weird as the one we watched where it was an underage kid that was in the bath with grown men. So, which Come one again. was that? That was the last one we watched. Oh, Kiva! Yeah, How, like, Kiva. it was about a kid. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't there for Kiva. <laughs> I don't know that he was technically supposed to be underage. I can't remember what age he ended on, but still, it was weird. A child walked into a time paradox at a violin store. Learned to pick up women and took a bath. With all the males in his life. Yeah. Cool. Rabbiting his back and telling him he could do it. But uh, before we namble on anymore, uh, <laughs> let's talk about our writer Denno. Episodes 47, You Wept Over My End, 48, Opposite Goodbyes, and 49, The Climax Goes On No Matter What. <laughs> Which is probably the best title for a non- porn episode of anything I've ever seen. Well, they could have said, ah, the denouement continues. But no, they said the climax. But no, um, 
this like starts with like them like doing a, a bunch of New Year stuff and writing things they care about, and it's just like, oh, yeah, they're saying they're about. It's what you do when you're one week out from retirement. In one of these shows is like write like what you're gonna change about yourself and what you hope for. Uh, but yeah, um, and of course, um, leads us to the climactic battle of the owner and the station master mm-hmm. having a rice fight. Man, like, <laughs> who gives a shit? <laughs> like, it is honestly incredibly weird how little these two factor into any of the plot of the show. Yeah, like at all. Yeah, but something I did notice, which I thought was kind of strange that I didn't catch it before, is it seems like a lot of times they're overlaying one or both of these dudes eating fried rice over these really intense battle scenes. So I think that they're trying to make some kind of heavy-handed metaphor with this, but I just get caught up in the fact that it's this dude taking fried rice so seriously, and I can't I can't look any further. I think they could have at least like given them some consequence to be like, oh, I gave the zero lighter to him, or oh, I did this. They just kind of enjoy the rice. And like they only even briefly like compare grains of rice to grains of sand and i feel like that could have at least been something yeah you know like oh i care about this timeline i care about this timeline right what grains of rice that said will win come writer because like that's that's the weird thing is like the station the uh, like the station master and the the train master don't actually really seem to give a shit what's going on with any timeline they're just like well that's time like, it, they're not the ones being like, oh, Denno, go out and fight a dude, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, no, they're just, you know, whatever, right? Like, oh, there's a train, you ride on it, I guess that's cool. You said, well, that's time, like, it's what they say when they're, like, walking into a room, like, oh, there's flour everywhere, well, that's time. Hi, Jason, too. Laugh track. <laughs> I mean, is it not? Because, like... True. They kind of seem to not give a fuck with their yeah. cryptic bullshit. Early on, it was fine, but then when they were like, just let Kai kill one of them or some point, be like, ha ha ha, I've done it. I've stopped the timekeepers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just something. But no. Um, the rest of the cast is like talking is like everyone's very on edge because they're fading away and they feel as though it's fading away. And um, it's also New Year's for everybody that's not on a train, <laughs> uh, including. Um, the suitors and Ari and like Yuto and Dede, but also Ryotaro just eats shit like just flat on his face. And I was like, this is great. Yeah, Good just actor. out of nowhere. It's just kind of like setting a place. So I think like it's actually kind of nice given this is like a show ostensibly about time to like make it a set piece at its New Year's, but really goes nowhere. Um, Not particularly. So there's this weird scene. That feels both like it should have been gotten way more focus or it should have been cut where Kai is talking to a bunch of his army and is like, you are worthless since you need someone else's memories to stay alive. He dusts one of them by reaching inside them and then they call him a no good singularity port. And he's like, you have to obtain time to obtain memories of this time so you can take memories. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, it felt like maybe somebody actually wrote out Kai. And they took a little bit of it at random points just kind of to have. It's weird. (laughs) 
my question is why does the junction point matter if it's people's memories now kai what's going on um but it is now time to fight and character goes back in time as yuto stays and they're both fighting a lot of different people and it's a big fight and it's like oh no and who's gonna save ari and then like um we get the scene of course that um like starts this whole like final arc though where um kintaros grabs ryotaro throws him on the train transforms into comrade deno axe form because he has a body he says it's because he's answering the witch but later on they all have bodies who knows Mm -hmm. right yeah and that's the central tension of this show at this point though which is they do an all right character or emotional beat but then there's just like this weird moment of logic where you're like why is this happening here yeah yep Mm-hmm. and i could say that too for like why is happening here for why does he have to stay here and defend this time specifically yeah i i kind of had that question with throughout this episode and then obviously once we get to the end point and you know things happen the way that they do it, it kind of seems like a lot of this is just arbitrary decisions that were made in the last minute I don't think that necessarily means that it can't be effective. Like, I like his sacrifice here. I think they undercut it, though. Yeah, definitely. Oh, 100%. That's my biggest issue with it. Like, just give a little bit of a reason and don't undercut it, or at least, like, make it meaningful that it's undercut, which they don't really do. Right. Um, But, yeah, it... Well, I mean, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I'm talking about, like, the the next episode as well. But, like, they, they repeat the same shtick again. And then, you know, it's like, oh, now now we're two people down and this is so sad and blah, blah, blah. But then, yeah, like you said, it's immediately undercut. But when they show up later all together and they're like, oh, well, Naomi just picked us up on the train. Yeah. You made a whole deal about like staying behind to go fight the things and like the train was going away. Like you can't just go back to that time. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. But you've established in the series that you can't go back to a specific time unless you have the card. And when you use the card to go back to the time, the card is gone. Yeah, you can't use it again. So then how the fuck did Naomi go back in time again to pick them up? Well, I was going to say I have the answer because I have the Deno belt over here. It has the writer cards for the image, but they do not list the right time. So that doesn't work. (laughs) This reminds me of and you might know more than me like on this one but remember the first digimon series how that ends of everybody being erased but then time and memories they come back to life or like they unfade the first series yeah like they're like the very last fight they all get like turned into like they all get deleted uh i don't recall it's like yeah there's just a scene where they're fighting a bad guy and they all get deleted and then they like are like we care about each other at bonds and they come back to life sure huh just do that be like oh hey um they come back to life because of our bonds and, all, and like our memories there's a big like light show and dust right show. that would have been more that would have been more impactful be like oh the power of friendship saves the fucking day again right all like right. like i hate to be like so down on that that trope because it's it's so overused in japanese media but it, it's it's true right like that would have been a better thing to write than like Oh, Naomi just deus ex dentia to their way to the fucking train, right? Like, it's so dumb. That was the part that upset me because, like, when we were going through the very first scene with Kin, that was a legitimate emotional response from me. 
So to, to see them all show right back up, it almost felt like, what a waste, you know? I, I might as well not have gone through all that. It's a rug pull, right? It's like, right. oh, you've, you've taken my, my emotional investment in any of these scenes and just been like, nope, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> you get for crying, bitch. Like, <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you think we kill these characters? They, I, they make they make figures and shit. I gotta make money. <laughs> they couldn't even done like a search for Spock thing where they were like, oh, that the next, the first satisfying. movie, you know? Mm-hmm. I was going to say it would almost be like the um, the big thing over here in American media is to write it like if somebody was just having a dream. Uh, I, I honestly would have taken that trope over <laughs> what they did. Just be like, oh, yeah, Ryoto just had a bad dream after he ate, you know, Denim's cooking or something. Yeah, that candy. <laughs> they could have even done like, oh, Kai took them over and they're fighting and then they like snap out of it. Right. Fuck Kai. But yeah. It very much like feels like how when you start the second season of a show and like the first season is like a big explosion. They're like, oh, yeah, we're all good. Or, oh, no, that guy whose contract ran out is not good, but everyone else is fine. Yeah. And then they spend like four and a half seconds talking about it and then just move on to a completely new storyline for the whole next season. But let's talk about this next episode in like four details, which is uh, this one is doing the same for Taros, which is like oh i'm gonna also sacrifice but it's like this like running fighters like yuto and deneb fighting a ton of dudes and like taking care of like irie and she's like goes to the hospital because she gets like fisted by kai and she's like oh no no I've- but we have an important reveal in this episode we do we do because they get dropped off in the past and they're like now we're stuck here what do we do well we're in the same city we'll go to the milk dipper because as far as everyone else knows, we're just us. We still look the same. So we'll just go hang out. I did like Ryotro meeting Ryotro and just their different mannerisms was fun. Right. One year later. <laughs> when he's like, hey, don't freak out. I'm you ah! from the future. Yeah. Imagine that that's the matured version of him. Right. The most effective thing this whole episode is Naomi being sad she can't serve coffee anymore. Mm. What a what a loss. <laughs> She's the real victim here. Mm-hmm. But like you said, um, it like has this scene of like Briotro being told that um he has to do something, then like future Riotro like R1 sees him, talks to him, and finds out that she's pregnant. She being Irie. Yeah. Uh and Irie, it makes sense because it's like it's eight months from Christmas or whatever. Yep. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's how that works. As she holds her <laughs> non-existent like belly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and the plot is basically we have to, to protect her. That's right. why Yuto is going to use a card to make you forget about her. And that's like what Kurt Ryotaro finds out and like has the whole, the full memory now. But um, the question, of course, becomes why is she important? How do they know that? Uh, because the story told us that it was yeah. important for some reason. Yeah, not it's messy because we never see the future is the no, problem. No, right. As much as it's adding another 
part to this. I think actually having a future that is referencing things that happened in the past would make more sense than treating the present as the furthest forward in time, which happens a lot in this show. Mm-hmm. Right, because like Sakurai, Sakurai Yuto is from the quote-unquote the future, but we never actually see the timeline that he's from, right? Uh, it's weird because I think the Sakurai that we see that's like with the watch is present and Yuto is past mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. But he's also traveled the future in Denliners, I think. Maybe. Or on Zero Liners. That's what I think they said. Well, Hana is from the future. Yes. From a deleted timeline. Yes. And Zero Liner and Zero Dose was there, but it was the present one, I think. Right. It, it was Sakurai. Yuto is, yeah. Really, really, really rough <laughs> that they lost that actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's I could kinda, only imagine yeah. what this, this series would be if she had been here the entire way through. Uh, yeah, because I kind of feel like she was maybe being set up as a little bit of a love interest for him. Knowing what we know now, that's real weird. Yeah, it would have been like a a Star Wars thing. I mean, I do like how like they slightly the only good bit of writing in the whole thing of like her recasting is that she's as much younger than the previous actress as Yuto is younger than Sakurai. Right. That's fine. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, it's very messy. Um, we are getting dangerously close to talking about our rewrites though, which I think. Mm, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but we know that for some reason zero liner came to him and Hana's future was changed, but don't know it's Hana yet though also if it was an adult actress I do think that it would be a lot easier to not just immediately know it's her when it flashed to her as a child but you know the big point here is that um, the other thing that happens is Urtaros finds that there's a bunch of moles that have like put dynamite on like the den bird and the the cockpit the like bike and he like is like oh I guess I'll join the right team now (laughs) yep (laughs) But it's all not true. He actually is fine. And he was just buying time to get them all free and clear. And also, like, he, like, brought them back to the exact time that they needed to be into. So I guess maybe, A, there's two rider passes because one's being used to fight and one's in the deadliner. Right. And B, um, maybe you can't just go anywhere. Just you're not supposed to. Because he just brings them somewhere they want to go. Because rules. Yeah. And just like with Naomi, I guess fuck the rules. I, I don't know. Like with Kitros, though, where he's like, oh, my new thing is laughing. And he's like, oh, my strength has made you laugh. Okay, that doesn't work. Like, my strength made you cry. <laughs> I like that um, here we get, I did this because I only know how to cry fake tears, which is like a good line for him. There. Mm. Yeah. Can you feel that? Can you feel that? Can you smell? Can you clap your hands together, feel it in the air? Get that heat. Time for the finale. I'm right or dead Meh. Yeah, but meh is right, Steph, I think. There, okay. I will say I am also kind of meh on this ending, but there are things in this last episode that are really, really good that I like. Definitely agree. 
it, it had some great redeeming points. I mean, I'm higher because I've just like seen a lot of this stuff too. And I'm just like, okay, this happens, you know, like this is just a series at this point. But yeah, I could see the meh. <laughs> I think it's actually the, the thing I'm thinking of in the last was in the last episode, actually is when um, Yuto uses his last red card. So he's like used all the cards. So he doesn't have any left. And yeah. then the like all the imagine are like still attacking. And he just kind of goes like, well, fuck it. Like, he's like, I can't transform. I'm still going to fight these guys. And just like in like regular human mode is just like fist fighting. Imagine I'm like, yeah. that's that's cool. Yeah, because you don't see that very often where like he he actually like holds his own like he's still like, you know, he gets beat up, but he's still like fighting like seven or eight dudes when like previously in the series, even as Deno or, or as Zeranos, like they're getting their ass kicked by like one guy. So like having him in regular human form, just going beast mode and beating up like five dudes at once is kind of cool. I think um, it's interesting. Um, I love what happened. I do also love um, how the show's just like, okay, we need a final villain. Let's have Kai just poop out this like dude really quick. Oh, who's like yeah. gonna beat up Sakurai, mm-hmm. Grim Reaper dude, Death Imogen. Yeah, he's he, he's here. He's doing stuff. That is the big part here, though. No more cards. All fighting. There's a Death Imogen, and it is just Momotaros and. Riotaros because Rutros is scared mm. and they go off and fight and like I like all of this stuff like I think it's also just <laughs> this show has just become this like amorphous brand <laughs> by the end of this show in a mm. way that a lot of other common writers don't it's just like I guess just has to be this like way for marketing reasons just to, like nothing can happen or change or and the show that happens how you're after this, uh, Makiva, for example, that ends with a major character dying. Yeah. The most popular character in that series, probably for a lot of people. Have you guys watched Kiva? Yeah. That was the okay. last one. Yeah. I see. Not to spoil. Uh, I haven't seen it, so I... it's all right. Um, but no. Um, so they fight and Riotros attacks Kai and like throws him off a building and like the this guy gets gaped again. Yep. Everything gets blowed up. And they get caught by like Rutros that it's just Ryotro, which I think was fun. I wish that had actually happened for more than a second. Mm-hmm. Like him being left alone with like the one that's like a child to him or like his younger brother. That would have been like a cool like final episode or something. But then they just tell Kai, also, this person right here is a person you need to kill. This child with no body armor. Yeah. <laughs> right. That also gets to um the last card being given to Yuto, which that still is like a moment because he and dead Eb just kind of like work super well. And like, they feel like almost unaffected by how off the rails the plot is, even though they're like super integral to it. Mm-hmm. I will say for this episode, it had some of my favorite battles out of the entire series. Yes. Yes, like I there agree. was just, it, it was consistently something going on. They were like trying out new moves and there was like this kind of camaraderie that was just really shining through the whole time. I loved it. Yeah, because the final fight's about to start. It's Kai and the Def Imogen and his hordes of 
old suits we've seen before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then it's like Deno and it's Rucheros, and then oh no, Sakurai shows up, and then what's this? It's Dene, but oh no, it's uh all the other Taros and they're fighting, and then Sieg also shows up. Yeah, again, just wow. out of nowhere. Look, there's a wild Sieg. Yeah, um, and they fight and they use like all the forms. It, it's like a fun fight scene, like a fun way to have a big like Final Fantasy like well, let's all combo this finisher up. Uh, right, it's fine, but it is kind of just like it just happens. It, there's a lot of and then and not therefore to like mm-hmm. talk like script writing basics. Like oh. Yeah, um, but they fight together and they kill the Defimogen and then Kai's like, that's lame. (laughs) (laughs) I did like how the color of the Taros and the other Imogen like dusted off where everyone had like plain dust. They had like, Mm -hmm. yeah, not plain dust and blue and whatever. Yeah, instead of it just being like the standard, oh, everything's just ash now. That's the end of Comrade Dano. Everyone dies. Everyone's sad. We see them just be sad and deal with the consequences of their actions for a yeah, while. Like, oh, everyone's gone. What am I going to do? How do I move on with my life? I can't. I can't be Comrade Rider anymore. What do I do? What do you think of the scene where um, like Yuto came back to the liner to like find some food for mushrooms in it? Oh, that was great. Like that whole scene was great <laughs> until it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't great that they immediately, with no expedition reneged and everybody was back yes did another uh, cheap yeah, rug yep. pull <laughs> mm-hmm. however i did like how they were all re- waiting in a ditch with a sign that said i've arrived we're back. yeah i do appreciate the the mischievousness of all of them in that scene even denib and he's like the one who would never do anything like that but just him taking so much joy and watching him eat those mushrooms i had to laugh even though i was infuriated He's kind of the worst because he's just like hanging out, like had like a sliding door. Be like, are, are the mushrooms good? Do you like the mushrooms? <laughs> there, there's this beat where like Momotaro is like, oh, we should have gone up by now. Holy shit. And then Sieg is like, why did they say my name? Why aren't they sad about me? <laughs> I like that that's what gets them busted is Sieg throwing a tantrum that he wasn't mentioned. Like mm. that also made me giggle. And the moment where Ryotaro is like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> is really good actually a lot of fun little moments like he like trips while running to them and they like lift him up like it's this like like he's stage diving yeah yep um Yuto beats up Deneb we get the last scene with Sakurai and Ari and then it is received he get, um Ryotaro gives back the rider pass that it's like I'm gonna go live my own life and ride my bike into the blue sky <sighs> horizon mm-hmm and everyone poses to be like, hey, what's up? I'm this character. Ugh. But Motros almost doesn't say goodbye. Then he does. Yeah. That was that. I don't know about this. Like, it's just not. I fucking hate this ending. <laughs> like, I'll be <laughs> honest. Like, this is the worst. We've watched some fucked up endings before, but I, I hate this one more than I've hated anything else. What makes it so bad to you, Steph? Like, what? <sighs> What is like the driving force behind your your hatred? The fact that there is no payoff, none whatsoever. Like, I mean, they could have just thrown up a cheap epilogue shot of right. Ari and Yuto cuddling with baby Hana. They could have shown, you know, uh, Ryoto getting just a little bit stronger and continuing to travel with them, and then maybe 
checking in every once in a while on the baby as she grows up. Like there could have been something, some kind of payoff for what we just had to spend 48 episodes watching build up to essentially just a fizzle to me. It just, I don't know. I felt frustrated with just it. I don't know. It felt like there was no thought behind that whatsoever. What made you feel bad about it, David? I mean, for me, it's just kind of like, it leads up to like that rug pull, right? Where they do that rug pull of like, Oh, well, everyone's not dead. They're alive. And then everything just ends like way too hunky dory where I feel like had the Imogen disappeared and like stayed gone. That's like, there's like more finality to it. Whereas if they immediately just undercut it because they're like, oh, we can't just kill our, our hero characters, right? Even though, despite previously in the series, them being all like super okay with like, yeah, well, if, well, if we die, we die. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. And then it just, it, it just does not hit because ugh, I hate to sound like a fucking broken record, but Kai sucks so much ass. He sucks <laughs> so fucking much. And he does nothing in this series. And then at the end, they beat Kai and Kai disappears and you go, cool. Because he had no motivation. He didn't have a plan. He just was like this evil goober who was like, oh, I want to destroy time because 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 I feel like it. Yeah, Yeah, because I feel like it. Right. Like he didn't have any kind of driving force behind him. So like when everyone beats him and they just go, oh, everything's hunky dory and we're we're all good and everything goes back to the way it was. It's just such a such a just a deflation of everything that's come before. And I think, too, that like. So like not to invoke like another piece of media like so heavily, but like the Transformers movies end with like, oh, we've saved Earth or whatever. But like, even the melancholy of Lincoln Park is a little bit to be like, also, we did kill a bunch of people. Right. Right. These are people like the Imogen are fully sentient. Like they're they are people displaced by time. It's not like they are like inherently criminal beings. They just we know that we've met like maybe like a thousand between like right. all the episodes, like all the mobs and you know, there's millions of people from that timeline. And it's very evident by the Taros that some of them are benign and mm-hmm. not just yeah. like straight up evil. Yeah. And in fact, it seems like there's quite a few of them that are probably just mischievous. Like the four of those guys are, right? I mean, at yeah. worst. And maybe it's something about these particular type of people that can draw the evil ones to them to like cause that kind of mayhem. But, you know, once again, that's something else that never really gets addressed. And they could have done that, too. Like, oh, we might have to talk to you again soon because there's still some more bad ones out there. But hopefully the like good ones integrate in society. Like, right. That's a thing. But yeah. Like, oh, Deno, Deno had to fight the remaining images that showed up over the years until he died. The end. Mm-hmm. And like, that is kind of like what the plot of the next movie is, which is like, uh, Commodore Deno and Kiva, the movie Climax Cop. Mm. Yeah, so it is like let's be police. Let's a cab is all I gotta say. Well, but, uh, I was just thinking again, about but... how those two are awkward enough that they might make a great couple. I'll be honest, we have to watch it at some point, but not quite yet. Oh, am I spoiling something? A O A O three cover Kiva cover Ditto. 
Transformer Kiva on AO3. Yeah, I don't know. Just the ending is so it's just like it's a wet part. Yeah, yeah. And I think like loss is important for it to feel important, but it does just feel like the world like the what we're told is that the world of the Imogen, there's still like people that own clock shops that didn't sell their inventory. They just aren't wolves anymore. They're like old dudes again. Right. You know? Well, I think like the 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 shittiest part is that like because this is a time travel thing, everything has just reverted to the status quo of episode one. So like literally all this shit has happened, but nothing has changed. And that's like kind of the worst part about it. Because like Ryotaro as a character has not had enough of a character arc change that it makes much of a difference. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched much Comrade Revice the currently airing and like soon to end show, but the three four episodes I watched established that like he's a dude who like gave up his dreams to like play professional or like uh, like try to play professional like soccer because he was like so concerned for his family's business. Right. That's not present for Ryotaro, you know? No. There's no stakes. Mm-hmm. And the stakes should be, hey, there's some reason for this fight to have happened in the end there's not really it's just like at a point the show became like seinfeld you know mm, things happen but ultimately they like have these no four characters yeah yeah i understand their reasoning for how they kind of handled the whole storyline with their being the baby that ended up being hana but honestly if they had even so much as hinted at that earlier in this season it could have made for a lot more interesting storytelling when we got to this point because it would have added a little bit of that motivation behind there on the um like wiki page for kai uh he shows up in like the one shot or short-lived like come writer like kind of like mango but um it like implies that he implies he's the son of ari and if it was like, oh, hey, I'm the unborn like child, like it's like, here's the split, like I could have been your child, even that's something, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But he has no connections to people, which I think like, I actually like reference that in my perspective rewrite, but I think that just have him be connected to people or a cause besides a timeline that he's not even like, he's not an Imogen, he exists just fine, so why does he care, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't he just come to this time and be like, Okay, and that's it. Clearly, he can travel through time, so like he could just come to their timeline and be like, "Okay, I live here now." He could stay for like a little while and then leave if he wanted to, like buy a timeshare. Sure, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, any last th- thoughts on the story as it is? Meh. Nah. Okay. It's such a downer Fair. too. Like, it, like. I wanted to like hope that the ending was going to like tie it up nicely and it just kind of does not. Yeah. I think that's where I was at too, because once again, had some really great battle scenes and there were a couple of parts of the story that did get some attention finally, but then for it to just kind of drop off the way it did. Ugh. It's interesting. Cause I do know that this show was a major touchstone. I think um, on one hand it, it helped the careers of like the, two leads i think um yes takiru sato is like a he's a big actor now 
didn't he even like start like his own like agency too or something. Uh, I'm not sure about the specifics on that, but maybe something to that effect. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, the last line before his personal life on his wiki is um, also he is an unofficial member of the Elite Four in the Pokemon trading card games since December 14th, 2021. Nice. Which that's huh. fucking cool. <laughs> huh. I want to do that. Cool. He's in like Gomon. He's like he's Kenshin. He's Kenshin in the ruling Kenshin movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he's in a lot of movies and those movies are good. Like actual good anime movies. Probably a lot of like TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's the like voice of like a character in like Bell, that movie that came out. This was really yep. good. A lot of TV. Holy shit. But, like, yeah, like there are like like there are like four or five like major actors in like the um last 20 years of Kamen Rider like that have like just gotten big like him. um Joe Onodero from Kamen Rider Kuga, right? Uh-huh. What's his name? Yeah, um, but like it's just a. Uh, he got big. Um, the actor who plays Yuto is not like mainstream big, but he gets a lot of work in like character roles and like Toku stuff. So, you know, like it was a big like moment. And like, I do think that when these characters show up in like one off storylines or they do like a time travel. Oh, no. What happened in 1971? And Deno's here. And oh, no, comrades like don't exist. It's fun. Like those stories tend to be a little bit more satisfying, too. Right. Yep. But yeah. Um that's it. It helped launch some careers and it's fun when it comes back. Um I still really like a lot of this show though. Looking back though, like some of the stuff with like Yuto was really well done. Some of the Taro stuff was really well done. Mm-hmm. A lot of the like one off episodes were like fine, just it didn't have a good overarching plot, which it happens sometimes these Yeah. I think I think like yeah, if you if you look at each episode like kind of in a vacuum, then it's fine. But if you're looking at like the overarching story, you're just kind of like you really just really spiked that bowl right at the end, didn't you guys? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some uh, lack of resolution. And I guess now's the perfect time to talk, though. We committed last time to doing rewrites of Common Rider Deno. I want to see what we could think of, what we had on our brains, like how you might change things. Um, how do you feel? What would you change about Commander Deno stuff? Okay, so to be fair, I wrote a couple of major plot points that I was thinking of. I didn't go into like too humongous detail. But one way that I thought would be fun if we could um, have kind of gotten the Hana storyline out a little bit earlier would be to have Sieg in there as like her protector. Like if he had somehow been assigned to her or been like a bodyguard or something like that, that would also, you know, kind of explain why he disappears for certain time periods. So I just thought that'd be a cool sort of integration since he kind of gets just brought up and dropped so quickly in the series. Is there anything else like really major, like, he would change. Oh yeah, Kai would have been eaten by Lord Gao in the past, and he would have been the villain at the end. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how that would have gone with his motivation. Like it, maybe it could have been integrated with the finding out about Hana's presence sooner, and maybe that's what he was seeking, and like that's what he was destroying things around the uh, timelines for. 
And then finally, kind of just how I mentioned earlier, just a little bit more resolution with the ending. And once again, it could have been anything. It could have been the cheesiest trope that we've seen a million times. Just something that made a little bit more sense. Um, Because one thing that really bothered me was uh, Ryotaro had spent so much time fighting to keep his Imogen's alive. And then as soon as everybody's safe and he can like go off an adventure with them in, you know, relative peace, he decides he's not going to do that anymore. And, you know, just didn't feel like that made a lot of sense. So those were my major story beats. Hmm. Okay. What do you think, Dave? Because no, like you had some like rewrites too on (laughs) how you would do ditto. Yeah, I got, I got a few here. So, um, Let's take it all the way back. We'll go all the way back to the movie where, you know, Gao, I, I previously in this series, I've always said like, oh, Gao did not get his time in the sun. Gao did, you know, he was the enemy writer and then he just gets yeeted and deleted in the fucking movie and he's just done and he disappears and then you don't see another writer, right? So what I was going to say is my remate is like Gao was working for Kai. And Gao was sent back in time to do his time rating shenanigans to find out who is like a singularity point in the past, right? Because in the in the actual series, that's like Kai's whole deal. Like he needs to find a singularity point for some reason. Well, I'm going to give him a reason. Um, so he realized that he has to go back in time and delete everybody from the, the image in timeline that he exists to roll back that branch of time. Cause you know how like it branches off into like different time paths and like the one that they're on, like isn't connected for whatever reason. Cause like people got deleted or whatever. He's going to go back in time. And you're going to find the people who are singularity points. And once he destroys all of them, he, he will be able to reset that timeline back to a certain point, And then he can like, remake that timeline and like continue living in the timeline that he liked right because like uh like james said there there was a a like a hint that maybe he's like iris like son from a different like alternate timeline or something i don't go into that but uh <laughs> you could um so what happens is that when gal gets destroyed he realizes okay gal is dead i'm gonna have to do it myself and he realizes that in order to do so, he has to erase the last few people from the timeline. And they're, those are the things that are preventing him from restarting it. So he goes back in time, but he realizes, oh, I don't know who the singularity point is, but he knows it's someone related to, J- to Deno, right? So he goes back in time using the Mugen liner. Ooh. Dope, and he becomes dope. Kamen Rider Uraboros. So I'm trying to I'm trying to tie it into like astrological stuff, right? So like his whole motif is like a snake that like loops back on himself because he's like from an alternate timeline with infinite possibilities. Uh, you know, he fights Looks Deno like belt, to find yeah. out who the singularity is and he keeps trying to destroy the timeline because causing mass destruction will hopefully, you know, as a consequence of blowing stuff up that hopefully he'll erase whoever is the singularity. Um but jumping through time allows him to catch whoever the singularity is in a state in which they're vulnerable. Like that's how he's attacking Irie. That's how he's going to attack Hana when he figures out that, Oh, she's the thing he's jumping to specific points in time where they might be vulnerable. So Deno has to go and like, you know, fight him off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, he'll actually, he's, he's more of like a sympathetic character, right? Like he, he doesn't want to do this, 
But in order to restore the timeline that he's from to the way it was, he has to do this. So he realizes eventually, just like in the show, that Ryotaro is not the one that is the singularity, that Iri is, and then he realizes that Hana is, just like in the show. Now, it becomes it becomes this battle between Deno and him, because if he dies first, Hana's still alive, and the timeline is intact, because she would be the last singularity point. So he has to try and kill Hana first, and then he has to off himself to reset oh. the timeline, because technically he would be the last person who's a singularity point. So it's kind of like this race to who can who can kill who first. I think that would definitely add a little bit more excitement. Yeah, because Kai really should be interesting answer with that. Like he's everything we have in the show is like, oh, he should be someone you care about when he shows up, but not the opposite. Just right. kind of wild. Interesting. Um, so I did two things. I, I rewrote uh, the show first and I was like, OK. I should do a lesser rewrite that uses much more of what's there in the show. Mm. So I think the uh, lesser rewrites probably better, but the things go wild. One is more fun. So I'm gonna start with that one. <laughs> uh, we get Kai who shows up like kind of like he does like originally. He's just this um guy who's like got weird time powers and is like talking about time, but these are much more targeted at Deno and at what a fool Ryotaro is, like what a fool like the Imogen are. At a certain point, it's kind of revealed that um, there were just like calamities in time, like these things that happened that killed people that like drastically altered time, just like these natural disasters in time. Mm. And um, the only people like who could do anything about them were um, the singularity points by making the time trains and by making the like common riders. Mm hmm. And we find out that um, the first Kamen Rider Deno, um, what he did was um, he turned his friend into the first Imogen. Um, and together they worked together in order to um, stop a time calamity. In the process, everybody else in the timeline of his friend turned into like an as well. And then he did it again with new people that he met in the new timeline and again and again until there were four buttons on the Deno driver for the different timelines that have been sacrificed. Okay. And we see this person, same actor as Kai. However, as the timelines go on, we see him age into the owner. Oh, wow. Okay. And it is revealed that um, the owner basically allowed for the slaughter of all the other singularity points and timelines and this multiple cycles of like Imogen to kind of like build levees and dams basically to make time not susceptible to the um, like to calamity. Like even if it's just like what is an earthquake in time? Like, what is this like thing in time just to stop these things from happening? And that's where you get Kai who has like this weird, like sand, like made out of sand, like Deno belt and like, mm. can like bring in these forms. They're all like these like weird counterparts, like to the like Taro. So they're like the, like original, like Imogen. That kind of 
that was my bigger rewrite of okay i love it like when the owner station master became like six dudes one of them was still young and meant to be like deno was like i hate this this is like wild like we should instead of sacrificing people we should let everyone suffer without like having like a like class of people who are at the right time you know mm-hmm. he's very sympathetic to like the like, you know your people i or like a version of me caused to be like this you know right so that was my big change and then i was like maybe i should do a smaller change that actually like feels like the show we watched a little bit uh and it's a little different but um at the start of the show there's a lot of door imagery a lot of sand stuff that they kind of just like drop over time mm-hmm. uh-huh. i was like okay maybe we'll go back to that so the show is exactly the same up to right before we meet kai so like when liner form happens Shows then things go from there yeah mm-hmm. kai appears in people's dreams through doorways and you realize that he's like a like mythological sandman figure but he's like the sandman okay and like by like mythological like urban legend like he's like this like thing people have heard about in the past couple years or whatever um and he basically like comes in and like finds out people's memories or like gives them memories it's like weird but at first we don't know that Mm -hmm. at first he shows up and like he's supposed to be like this like nightmarish figure but he shows up in the dreams of ryotaro and he's perfectly friendly and then ryotaro meets him in real life um around the same time that they're dealing with an imogen that like they stop from like stealing like manga or like groceries or something uh-huh. and they find out that it's like a good imogen trying to help this person who's like a kid that has no friends or like a person that can't afford groceries that kind of thing. and it's like a good person like imogen and like it's this whole thing of like oh like can you believe that like see like this imogen's my friend he's trying to help this person and like it's preying on like the kindness of like Ryoto to be like okay it's like a nice imogen how can i help this guy kai people say he's like this like dream like weirdo but like he almost cried telling me that like he doesn't mean to be in people's dreams but it happens because he's like a singularity point then the end of that like two episode arc is kai succeeds with the help of Ryotaro at helping this imogen turn and the imogen turns back human and the person the imogen was contracted to turns into an imogen okay and then kai laughs and says thank you for helping me change this timeline a little bit and um we find out that that's what kai's doing kai is like going to people and like causing the timeline to change and uh we never like get why a singularity point and like director point is like different or whatever but in this version it's like oh kai is like changing people to like cause the the timeline to shift and we find out that he like just has the ability to like steal people's abilities like he like speaks some french because he like killed some guy that like could speak french or like oh he like knows how to bike really good and like he is the reason this timeline got fucked up actually <laughs> he just killed too many people that he has no connections and no memories of other people and they lost theirs when he like destroyed them so that's why he has no timeline <laughs> and that's why he's trying to stop this one because as soon as there's like another singularity point, like another junction point to a time, all of what he did just kind of destabilized the world around him. Okay. So two there so two very different ideas and four very different ideas, but 
basically it was like, man, what if this villain was interesting? <laughs> I think that's what it boiled down to for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, that that seems to be a through theme. He's uh, he's just so bad. And you feel bad. Yeah, well, I do. Because like, I wish I wish that like, I don't know anything about the actor like afterward, but Kai is not getting that dude any work like that. It's just not. People love Ultraman Orb. <laughs> do they though? Because I know nothing about Ultraman Orb, and seeing as I've never heard of it, I'm gonna hazard it's probably not great. Ultraman Orb was, I think, like the first Ultraman in a while where, like, he wasn't. How do I say this? I can't say this good better. He wasn't just a twink. He was like a slightly older dude that like had some miles <laughs> on him and stuff. He, you know, he was an older twink. <laughs> Yeah, like not like a young intramural like twink. Like he was like twenty five, and he was like, "Hey, I've seen some stuff. Watch out for kaiju." Like he, like I, I don't even like Orb a lot, but also that was like when the company was in dire straits, and they were like making weird deals and trying to like get back to like prominence. So you know, mm. who knows with Ultraman? It's only like recently really turned it around that company. But yeah, um. <laughs> It sucks to be like a young actor and get this role. I think you're right. Yep. I like I have to imagine Kai was not written into the series originally. I like I don't feel like he should have been. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or he was and they got rid of so much of it or like didn't use it. Right. Yeah. Like maybe there was maybe there was a better story with the original Hana actress that they just had to go like fuck like what do we do now and just had to scrap it all because it wouldn't make any sense anymore mm-hmm. is there any like meaning to the name hana it, it means flower okay and then kohana means like flower child so like haha there's your there's your clue right <laughs> and like kai means like renew a little bit right like refresh something like that yeah it, yeah it's hard to think of like can we tell from the names what the original plan was uh, it's hard to say like who knows right i do think that it's just hard because that was probably like a major rewrite but like people around this time were going wild for the common writer like boys like they were like photo books there was like, like people getting mobbed at like different series like outside the train stations i don't think people were doing that for kai <laughs> you know people were like oh kai uh which sucks um, yeah, because like the other two boys in the show definitely got that. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess the best we could do is turn around this DVD again and watch this series one more time. Uh, I'm not feeling good that no. day. Oh, okay. So honestly, like I think like if we actually like watch the start of the series, we'd be like, huh, there's a lot here. <laughs> That's really we probably kind of would. Like, look at all this foreshadowing. Yep. Yeah. The ultimate companion piece, though. Garbage pale kids. Yeah, can't wait for that. What, what, what's what's the relevance of garbage pale kids? I don't recall. We said we we're going to watch it. I think time. we just started talking oh, about okay. it for some reason and decided we were watching it next. Fair. All right. You know, it's got some people in it. Greaser Greg, Valerie Vomit, Alligator, <laughs> all the friends. Oh, this is. I think we just want some nightmares for the summer. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think we uh, <laughs> said that we knew that it 
wasn't going to have aged well and that we were all probably going to be traumatized by it. So we know in advance. Because, like, you know, um, we're doing some summer movies here. Right? We were doing Robocop, we're doing Terminator 2, we're doing, I think, Eraserhead. We still have to decide that. And we're doing Garbage Pail Kids. Robocop might be out around the same time as this episode with a ton of guests of the show, all good friends of the show. But yeah, uh, I like watching a good bad movie mm. from when they invented the Razzies or whatever. Oh yeah, me too. And that's honestly one of the reasons I'm looking forward to Halloween season so much because my favorite thing ever is a bad horror movie. Ooh, what movie do you think it's that? Oh, I don't know. Anything cheesy, oh. preferably like low budget um in at least one or two synth tracks in the in the soundscape there have you shown people that you know in japan david like a bad american horror movie because that's a treasure a bad american horror movie yeah 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 like here's satan's little helper here's the ghoulies um i wouldn't say ghoulies is a horror movie Oh, sorry. Hang on. Ghoulies. I thought... When you said ghoulies, I thought of Goonies, which is not at all. And I heard thing. ghoulies, but then as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, he's right. And then I was like, wait, isn't that Goonies? I think you and I had that yep. light bulb moment yep. at the same yep. time. No, Ghoulies is like the toilet one. Yes. Um, yeah. Rec- well, not recently. Last year for uh, Halloween, I watched... Um, have you ever seen the movie Chopping Mall? Yes. Yes, Chopping Mall. That's a that's a movie. Death Spa. I've not I've not seen Death Spa. I know what it is, but I you know I haven't watched it. Uh, what's the like mill one? A demon is a certain a demon is a type of electricity. Is a line from that movie. A demon is a type of electricity. I can't find this. No. Um, it's like a Robert England Stephen King movie about like this like clothes press okay and it's like haunted huh yeah it's like a like wild movie um oh the mangler okay the mangler yes um it is a laundry service that has a clothes mangler and blood gets on the mangler's tread that causes it to come to life as a demon okay And I just sent one that I was thinking of that was particularly horrible that I ended up uh, renting one night back when Blockbuster Video was still a thing. The one Love Object. Yeah, it's exactly as terrible. Directed by Robert Parigi. This sounds Italian. (laughs) Is a socially awkward office worker who has little experience with the romance. He buys a lifelike sex doll in an attempt to rid him of his loneliness. Okay, well, uh, hey, you do you, my dude. I'm gonna throw one out for people right now that is uh, one of my favorite movies that is um, Satan's Little Helper uh, oh this looks exactly as cheesy as I like for a movie to be it's about um, a nine year old boy who loves a like video game about helping Satan do crimes and kill people and then a serial killer dressed as Satan shows up and they kill people that sounds awesome <laughs> yeah but it's great um but let's get a little bit back on track, though. Uh, <laughs> we do this every time. I think. I mean, that's Deno's fault. That's Deno's fault. You're right. Be more interesting. What would Deno do? Uh, your one wish for the series, though, David. They had the little 
like track come back and connect in the wall. Yeah, but like, okay, yes, but <laughs> what was the thing that went in the in the hole? That was the King Liner. Was it? It was like a preview for the King Liner showing up next episode, unrelatedly. Oh, then how? I didn't catch that either. Uh, they should have been way more explicit that that was the case <laughs> because I'm sitting here waiting for like Gao 2.0 to come out of that fucking hole, and it just never happened. Uh, it's a time Jew, a, a time kaiju. Not time Jew. <laughs> wow. Oh, what? <laughs> we don't tolerate that kind of talk here. <laughs> Ju. <laughs> it's a die time. Ju. I've never heard anyone say the letter U so desperately before. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> No, uh, we're gonna have to do so much editing. I, yeah. Look, <laughs> I met a time kaiju. How's that? <laughs> That's better. Say. Thank you yeah. for clarifying. Oy <laughs> Words are hard, you know. I'm doing a lot of pronunciations here. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the boost we needed after that lousy ending for the show. Oh man! You know what? It'll happen to you someday. <laughs> I have no doubt. I'm just glad they didn't make the time Jews the the enemy of this series. <laughs> that would have been awful. I feel like if they did, we would have had just come on and be like, "Guys, real quick episode. We're just gonna say we're gonna stop here." <laughs> Yep. And just pretend like it ended last episode. Okay, go on with your day. Uh, that would be... That would be uh, just... <laughs> no, you're right, David. They really did, but in the end, they didn't race the existence of Faustidians. You're right, David. Nope. <laughs> uh, Listen, it's unsatisfying uh, across the board. Yeah. Time to end this episode, though. I <laughs> agree. Yeah, before we say anything else. Yeah. Uh, so I guess these are some broader questions now because we're at the end of a series. But who's everybody's favorite characters? We usually uh, do top three, but I guess who are your top five characters for all of Deno? Top five? Top five for all of Deno. Okay. Oh, man. I mean, let's do a top ten. Top ten. Top ten. There's not there's not ten characters I even want to talk about. There's really <laughs> five. Okay, uh, we'll start from from the bottom. Um, hmm. I think I like Kintaros. He's probably my fifth. Then, then maybe is Deneb going to be the only character that wears clothes? Uh, no. <laughs> um, so I think it's it's him. Then it's Hana. Then Deneb. Then Ryotaro, then Momotaros is number one. Would you say Hana? Conglomerate Hama? Across the, like Hana? all Hana. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, starting with number one for me was Ari. Really liked how her character got a chance to shine toward the end. Yeah. Uh, number two was the owner, just because I thought he was interesting all around as a character. I wish we could have gotten a little bit more about him. 
Uh, number three was Ryotaro because he actually got a really good character arc too, except for the last episode, kind of. Blew uh, it, but top five whatever. is hard. I'm gonna say um, number four I really was like Hana, just uh, because I just I don't know. It, she did come full her circle. Character it's always, like, consistently character, like, tough like, and like, and a, no nonsense. Like, antagonist and, like, a menace. An adult or a child. Make work? And so I think like I when he came that. through in the end, um, like he's let's see, she was number four, right? He wants to help people. He wants uh, to be part of things. They okay, so number five was definitely Momotaro's. Like, uh, he just he like, always made me laugh like, when he was on screen, but he could also they realize they were fading and they connected. Deep emotional impact when he needed to there. So those are my top five for sure. I really liked, um, Riotro too. He was just um, I. They wanted to do something different, and it's hard to know to what extent they rewrote him to make up for not having it, like mm-hmm. an adult Hana, and to what extent it was character growth. But I did like that he was so concerned and so out of it. I really do wish they'd made Kai sympathetic that would have given him so much more to do, you know? Um, then I'm going to say um, Momotaros. Just a super strong, you could tell why he's the most liked character in a cast of like 15, 16 years of like pop culture, like relevance, you know, he's just a strong, bright, big dummy Mm -hmm. who gets stuff done. Then I'm going to say, um, I really liked, um, it's hard. There's like only like three female characters in this show. And a lot of them don't get a ton to do. And like Hana's all weirdly like written, but I really liked how they did like Irie because she just really we don't know what her character looks like without Uh without Mm -hmm. external like forces on it but she does a lot of good just (laughs) small acting and she is able to to like get across like a full arc of actually very few scenes that are about things she cares about or her wants or needs you know and number one I really like Yuto uh he's just um He's very much like dealing with a lot and like there's times where he's like treated like the lead of the show for the show and times where he's like to the side, but he's just uh works for me as somebody who's thrust into all of this randomly. And yeah, um a little broader, but um what were our like favorite things that like the show did like effect wise? Like suits we loved, mm-hmm. um, like fight scenes, like effects throughout the whole show. That's tough. Um, I think like most of the fights were pretty good across the board. Like some of them did pretty interesting stuff. Um, there was like early on they had like the guys doing like wire work and stuff, and some of the earlier episodes when they're fighting like the spider imagine, mm-hmm. and then later on at the end of the series you have like Yuto just like fist fighting imagine, which I think is pretty cool. All the the effects for like the the liner form sans sword because the sword is fucking ugly but (laughs) (laughs) um i think like it looked cool like the transformation looked cool i like that like it's one writer but like the part he has like weird like parts forming where like all his his armor parts like switch to like different positions to show each different taro so it's just kind of neat yeah i have to agree um the transitions into the writer form or for actually for each of them like every time one of them took over and you could see like the entire change in the uniform and like the stance and everything i always thought that that was really neat the way that they did that um 
I mentioned earlier the physical comedy. Um, in thinking about that, I remembered that this series literally opens up with Briataro like crashing his bike and getting caught in a tree. So it's something that has been consistent throughout this show. Is just the fact that the characters have no problem throwing themselves in these weird situations. Um, And also the fights. I mean, they're consistently entertaining. They're always, you know, new twists that make you, you know, want to keep your eyes glued to the screen. So those are definitely all positives the show really nailed. I like the effect that they had um, where Kai would say he was feeling a certain way, but his face would show a different emotion. Yeah, it was always that creepy Joker smile. Yeah, good uh, practical effects there, making that whole like Kai puppet that they had for all those scenes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, um, the way the armor pieces always like looked fun. Like I liked um, just how much they would like. They did a good job like making characters vulnerable. Like the way they had the cards for Yuto, the way they had Mm -hmm. um, the like platform for like Deno, where he was like wasn't ready to fight but it was like where he was the most himself their sets were generally all right i think like they like had two of them basically but still they did a pretty good job of those uh and strong music too which is not really like an effect there's like a production note they use that like one kind of sad song a lot they had like use their like intro a lot but just like good use of that stuff mm-hmm. sometimes when you work on something for a year Talented people do talented stuff, but then people just like take the rest of it off the rails. And this might be a more to like these last couple episodes, but just in general, um, like too, what were our favorite outfits of the show? Oh, outstanding fits. Let's throw the movie in here to help some of you. (laughs) I mean, if we're throwing the movie in, it's Gal for me. Yeah, I love that character, and I just I will. Forever and ever until I die, complain that he was wasted. <laughs> um, for me, it's got to be Ari's New Year's outfit. That red actually, silk yeah. uh, that she was wearing and her hair all done up and everything. Like, it, it was just such a beautiful look. And her walking down that bridge and like that perfect weather. Like, it was just such a great scene all around. I'll give us a, a like shout out to the like two suitors who I feel like just kind of hung out. And they weren't great characters. They weren't great comedy. But also, they just, like, definitely there is a real effort on their part to be on screen when they were for these bit roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely had personality. Like, they didn't probably have the most charisma of any actor on screen, but you knew when they were there. And they were good for a little bit of, like, a light touch if a scene needed it. There was that moment at the end in the last episode where, like, Riotro's going to like ride his bike alone and like all these trains keep showing up <laughs> but um, he's wearing a Macbeth hoodie now is this supposed to be like a is this like somebody being tugged in cheek like what's the relationship like there's part is like this is close enough to some parts of the plot or do they hear answers there wasn't but yeah well, I don't know about that at one point he was also wearing a letterman jacket its logo was just like the Chiefs logo, and it said uh, Native Americans. So I don't know that there was a whole lot of thought. Yeah, we did get um one question though that um came in from Shannon. Um, I did not get pronounced Shannon. 
Uh, but so um, Shannon asked um, something that the show has in the background is that um, a lot of these characters, I assume um, they mean like the Imogen are based off of like myths and folktales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What myth or folktale would we want to have like powers based off of or like or like uh, hey, like monster based off of to see in the show? Oh, interesting. Right, we got like Swan Lake. We have Momotaros. In one of the movies, we're past this. There's like a three little piggy sleeve monster. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Shannon. By the way, yeah, that's a good question. Because like the, I mean, all of the the taros are based off of um like old Japanese like folk tales, right? Except for Ryu Taros, but I guess no. That that is based off one. Um, that's the so tough. Yeah. yeah, so tough. Um, if we're talking like um old fairy tale stuff, I would actually say old fairy tale stuff, like actual old like fae, like creature esque stuff would be interesting. But not like you know like the the way they're portrayed now. I'm talking like the way the fae are portrayed in like their actual media as like murderous, like, you know, mischievous, like creepy, uh, kind of creatures. I think that would be neat. Oh yeah. Like old Gaelic stuff. Yeah. That's a good one. Be awesome. What would you think, Steph? I was thinking if, if I wanted to kind of put like a playful twist on it. And I don't know if this is staying true to the spirit of her question or not. So if so, I can come up with a backup answer, but I was kind of thinking about something um, maybe related to folklore of like uh, old South, like Southern Gothic type mythology. So maybe something like, um, like a cryptid that lives in, you know, the, the Appalachians or something like that. I think that would be an interesting turn for like maybe an Im- Imogen. Yeah, that would be good. Like I, the most they do is like the like universal monsters, which we like saw in Kiva, which is like vampire Frankenstein. Right, right. Yeah, Sorry. and that's why I was thinking it'd be fun if you could have something that like you know it only comes out like underneath Spanish moss during a full moon or something. Like I don't know, just something weird like that. I was so I was uh, I'm gonna say what I almost just said. Because I think I might deserve to be dragged here, but like I've been reading about um, like Paul Bunyan <laughs> lately, um, and I think a Paul Bunyan would be fun. Like even though that's like basically just Kinchiros, huh? Essentially, yeah, it's it's yeah, almost it's the identical but, character. Oh yeah, but it would be kind of dope if he had like a some kind of dog with it, even if it was like animatronic or something. I think like the, having like a Paul Bunyan character versus a Kintaro's character, and then they have like that like exact almost like exact same type of mythology. Have them fight each other would be an interesting like mirror match type thing. Oh, it definitely would. And can you imagine the kind of insults they would trade back and forth? So Paul Bunyan has this. Probably has this dog called the reversible dog. Okay. Uh, what does it reverse into? I'm going <laughs> to. Am I going to be sorry? I asked that. So Paul Bunyan accidentally threw his axe too hard. Like one time. Um, and he like made his dog reverse upside down. Huh? What? <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I'm trying to understand. Like, I, I can't picture it. I want to put it in the Discord really quick, and you could describe it, Steph. How? I'll what? Do my best, but if you make me feel like I've had one too many beers, good God. Okay, so the best way I can describe this is its front paws are on just like any other dogs would be, but his back paws are up in the air, and he's running apparently on just his front two paws, while his tail is closer to the ground. Yes. It's some, it's some fucked up shit, man. His dog was a reversible dog. Uh, yeah. Almost as jacked up as Paul Bunyan's shoes there. I don't know what's going on with that. There's snowshoes. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Leave it to the Canadian to know those. I was about to say. (laughs) No, Steph was out here just like, what are those? (laughs) (laughs) I see Paul Bunyan. Yeah, the dog is perfectly normal, but what the fuck is going on with your feet, man? Oh, sport the reversible dog. Paul Bunyan got dripped. <laughs> Swag. But like also like um the reason I was like thinking about like Paul Bunyan recently was somebody mentioned how Paul Bunyan and Johnny Appleseed were like mortal enemies. Is that canon? No. <laughs> oh, okay. But like they like exist in the same mythos. America the tree place. I'm pretty sure know? I wasn't supposed to refer to that as canon either, but here we are. <laughs> I had somebody like make like a joke about Jesus and like ask if that was canon. I was like, well, it is <laughs> religious canon. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Uh, so Paul Bunyan and Johnny Appleseed. Kai should have been Johnny Appleseed. That's what I think. <laughs> oh man. Like Kai is like planting the seed to grow another timeline. Time's oh, a desert. Dope. Like, time is a desert. Have him be, like, doing shit out there. Yeah. So he would, he would he be Kai Cactus Seed. He's trying to make water, though. He's trying to, like, make it a, an oasis. Yeah, he, he, like, lives in an oasis, and he's trying to expand it. He, like, he's just, like, he's, like, an eco-fascist terrorist, so, like, he wants to just get rid of everyone else. Oh, like, I was um just... He's, like, wandering through time, and he's in the desert, so he wants to make it, like, a, like, real place for people to live. Mm-hmm. See, man, displaced time people should go live in the in the time desert. Yeah, refuge kaiju's, as we call them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, when you're not talking about Tokusatsu, where can people find you, David? Uh, you can find me on the Tokyo Fresh podcast, uh, both on. The podcast and on Instagram, or you can find my personal Instagram at Zyrell. Uh, I don't use it that much, but I will answer DMs if you send them to me. If you want to give me guff for how much I hate Kai because you're like a Kai mega fan, go ahead. <laughs> I'll just call you an idiot, but you can do it. Oh, um, my girlfriend was playing Inscription and you came up because you're my Steve friend. She was like, uh, oh, that, oh, wow. I said, yeah. oh, man, I should tell him. That that was Tokyo Fresh. <laughs> oh man! Uh. I I should have muted my microphone and just let that hang as long as it did. Oh, did did you see what happened today at the the NBA game? I can't believe they played so Tokyo Rodden. You know, I have a. Christ. Do you have a big meter that's like, oh, is that fresh or ro- 
How many Pinocchios in Tokyo's Fresh did that get today? How, How many Pinocchios? <laughs> What's that like political website? It's like, oh, it's true or lie. <laughs> like about like Snopes? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. And they don't measure in Pinocchios. Yeah. I always use my infallible measurement system of how many Pinocchios. (laughs) I programmed a special calculator for it. It's the first time to snowboard of the season, and I can give five Pinocchios that this mountain's powder is Tokyo Fresh. That's what you always say, right? (laughs) That's what I always say. Uh, Steph. Where do people find you when you're not being Tokyo Fresh? <laughs> you can usually uh, find me petting Paul Bunyan's dog. Um, aside from that, at www.arcademilitia.com or um, I think Instagram's about the only social media I use these days at nobody much. And it's usually just uh, memes that have been around the internet about 20 times already. So don't look for a lot there. I don't know what euphemism petting's Paul Bunyan dog is besides taking like a huge dump, but like I just like can't think of anything else. Oh yeah, I was like petting Paul Bunyan's dog over there, you know. Damn. <laughs> well, when I'm not being a reversible dog, you can find me on Twitter.com at James Forge. Find the podcast at Captain Ride with Me. Uh dot com. Uh is a place for episodes and articles. There's <laughs> coverbury.com slash episodes for links to different platforms. Uh, please rate and view on Apple. Uh, please rate and view on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And Pandora emailed me about something. You, you could probably ignore that one. Uh, but <laughs> and then there's uh, coverbury.com slash merch for all the proceeds going to. Uh, it is still Trans Lifeline. Um, and then. Along with that, um, I think we'll be up by this point, but uh, com slash Bukaki for our Women Want Me Fish Fear Me shirt. <laughs> nice. Which was made by one David. And it's in my spare time. Certified Tokyo Fresh. It's okay. Uh, to pay you back for that shirt, I'll just lightly plagiarize the Rotten Tomatoes logo for you and put Tokyo <laughs> over it. Works for me. Uh, are you petting its back or its belly? I can't stop looking at this picture. Oh, the versatile dog? Yeah. It depends how low you go. Because there's like stitches on on like one of the dogs, like right before the boy. Reversible implies that you can spin the dogs like around. Like, is that what it's implying? Maybe. Well, like the legend is Paul Bunyan like threw an axe by mistake and just put his dog back together and like held it till he stuck. So I don't know. What's going on there? Did he not realize it was backwards? Look, Paul Bunyan's got a lot going on. <laughs> Fair. Sometimes he's eight feet tall. Sometimes he's like 20 feet tall. So I guess we could say that if you're a nihilist and you're an Applebee's, <laughs> don't bring a reversible dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was not on the podcast, actually. Um, no, it wasn't. But it will be in our hearts. What have we learned today, everybody? I I think you just covered it. Don't go to Applebee's with a reversible dog. Nine lives, that reversible dog. Eight after we... That's what I learned today. Is that cats? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay, we've learned nothing today. (laughs) We've learned that sometimes there's nothing in, in a show at the end. 
Or there is adult. <laughs> I got nothing. Fuck Kai. Fuck Kai. Fuck Kai. Now, if he was a reversible Kai, that would make so much more sense. Um, definitely be more fun to watch. If he was anything. Definitely be more fun to watch. If he was anything. <laughs> <laughs>